another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, a former employee of the Idaho Falls Chuckers, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing tonight? Mr. Clark, doing rather well. Uh, Currently on a winning streak and uh, going for the sweep tonight, so I'm doing quite well. How are you doing tonight? About the same, about the same. Um, There's been some good, very good, coming from those Oakland series. Uh, I feel like there's been a little bit of bad. Uh, Ty France getting hit was no bueno. Um, And we know last year injuries affected him, so really, really don't want to see something like this affect him. But it's been good. It's been good. It's been a good watch. Um, They're back over 500 again, which is always great to see. Before we get into everything, thank you again for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. For all our returning listeners, welcome back. If you're a new first-time listener, hey, thanks for choosing us, and hopefully we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. If you haven't already, go hit like and subscribe on our uh, social media pages. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Forks Down Podcast. You can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening apps to get notified about new episodes dropping. Um, you know, we uh, are shooting about two a week at this point. Um, and we're having tons of fun with it. And there's, I mean, there's enough baseball for two episodes a week. So you hit like and subscribe. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. You can even give us a five-star rating on there. Again, it's not for our egos. Um, but, you know, it helps us drive, drive us up the charts and, uh, you know, it'll help us get more visibility to our podcast. So with all that being said, Bo, we actually have quite a few Mariners notes today. Um, you know, I, I didn't realize until about, I don't know, one o'clock today that we had signed a couple players, I just randomly turned on my uh, MLB Trade Rumors app and the Mariners have signed two guys to minor league deals. What uh? What can you tell me about them? I I know a little bit about them, but I'm sure you've got them all kind of researched out already. Um, a little bit. Pedro Severino, um, we brought in as on a minor league deal. Um, I feel like that's uh, Pedro Severino is a name like a blast from the past. I feel like um, I feel like he was a prospect of I can remember reading about in like the mid teens there somewhere but um anyways uh the Mariners have signed him to a minor league contract um he was assigned directly to Tacoma um might just be a little bit more depth there I would imagine right I don't uh mm-hmm. I don't know what else to kind of make of it at this point but maybe there's a little bit of an injury or you know injury concern with some guys but um yeah, again, I'm not making too much of it, but a couple of nights, little notes. He did hit uh, 11 home runs in Baltimore in his last stint in 2021. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, do, I don't quite know where he plays into um, the Mariners' plans, if at all. But um, regardless, good to have him as a uh, on the Mariners' side of things. Um, and then uh, the Mariners signed. Um, uh, Marcus Walden to a minor league, um, minor league deal most recently. And mm-hmm. yeah, kind of, uh, he's puttered around Marcus Walden a little bit of, you know, puttered around as a starter to start his career. Um, 
uh, you know, he worked, a, you know, eventually ended up moving to the bullpen. Um, been most recently with the Red Sox as a reliever. Um, I would just kind of call him a middle relief pitcher at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, we've had luck with relievers. So why not give uh, Jerry and team the benefit of the doubt there? So, um, but yeah, also assigned to Tacoma. In, in the notes here, you have him kind of as a uh, Tommy Malone type pitcher. Um, does he? He's not a soft tosser. I, I've I know I've watched him pitch a couple times, and I thought he sat about mid mid nineties, low to mid nineties, where Tommy Malone's more of a you know softer pitcher. Um, and he's a righty. Yeah, right? no, that's a good point. Yeah, I think I, um, I think I was describing it as like a soft like starter at this point or like a, a point to that could be a soft oh. starter right um kind of a, in the tommy malone-esque right i guess that was what i was trying to describe him like oh a, a spot, spot starter, starter. Spot yeah starter. so like i think he yeah. might get a shot like that but yes i i kind of think he may be more, more coming out of the bullpen but um just given i don't know i feel like we have a couple options in that fifth spot right now but um who knows i think the mariners uh might give him a shot somewhere along the line so we'll see yep <clears throat> Um, some exciting news. We finally, uh, we finally have seen Dylan Moore in Tacoma. He, he's got a Tacoma sighting under his belt. Um, I'm, I'm really thinking that's close to him being called up now. Right. Uh, I think it probably happens. We're recording. What, what is today? Thursday. Um, yep. Yep. I would not be surprised if it happens over the weekend. Like I, I think how many games did he spend? I think he only spent, yeah, he spent four games in, uh, in Everett. Um, so he would probably have, I would think he would have tonight in Tacoma. Maybe he would do Friday in Tacoma as well. And so I think you could probably see him on Saturday or Sunday. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so he's, uh, he's imminent. He's, he's going to be here soon. Yep. Good deal. Good deal. I also saw, you know, we didn't put this in the notes, but Andres Munoz has started throwing bullpen sessions. He's up, you know, throwing bullpen sessions and telling, you know, after getting done throwing, he's telling people, man, I'm feeling as good as I did in the spring, you know, even better. Um, I don't know. What do you feel? You think June 1st might be the target deadline for him? Maybe coming back and, and you know, helping out this bullpen? Uh, June 1st sounds, I think that sounds reasonable. Uh, beginning of the month, right? Why not? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I would also not right, not like to rush Menunos if possible, right? I feel like the bullpen's done a little better job um this time around but also i've also been hammering that we also need Manuna's back so i don't know how to reconcile those two things uh but uh mm-hmm. yeah i would love to get him back um <clears throat> get him back i think we we start i think we start to, with texas at the beginning of june i think we are at texas so i think that um you know there's a couple of big series upcoming so i think to have him back for those would be uh would be a major win for us yep I certainly don't see him before June 1st. You know, I think I bet the target date is anywhere from June 1st to June 5th. Um, so yeah, definitely don't rush him, but um, you know, hopefully he comes back and we're on a winning streak and, and the Mariners have certainly done that in the last couple games, um, you know, in this, this series against the athletics, again, the athletics aren't great. They've got, you know, the start of the series on Monday, they were 10 and 38. So I mean it we we said it on Tuesday's episode. This series is certainly one that they need to sweep. And and they're three fourths of the way there. 
You know, we're shooting on Thursday. We're shooting before the game on Thursday. So we kind of don't know the outcome of what Thursday is going to bring, if they're going to get that sweep or not. But Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Wednesday, they've looked great, you know. And, uh, you know, starting with Monday's game, um, we were shooting the podcast as they were playing, and you were getting really excited on Monday because you had the stat cast, the, uh, the, not the stat cast, but the, help me out here, the baseball. Baseball savant, um, yep. Savant, thank you. Um, and, and Luis Castillo's, uh, his speed on his fastball is coming back, you know. He's looking a little better, and uh, it certainly uh, certainly helped because the Mariners ended up winning 11-2 on Monday, you know, and, and Julio, or not Julio, Luis Castillo was a big part of that, pitching six innings, only giving up four hits, two base on balls, and having eight Ks. Yep, Castillo looked like the Castillo of old, I would say. Um, he... Uh... Yeah, velocity was up on every single one of his pitches. His uh, spin was up on every single one of his pitches, and he just uh, he just dominated in this game. And I think that what gets lost at the A's a little bit is um, <clears throat> they do have a relatively relatively competent offense for the most part. Like they still have they still have oh, some yeah. gaps, but like you know, Seth Brown's a pretty good hitter. Like uh, Roman Lariano has always been a decent hitter. Like they do have a Brent Rooker's having a really good season. Like they have a relatively competent major league offense. Now they're true. Their, their pitching staff is a triple is is honestly a triple a baseball pitching staff. It is, it is, it is horrendous. It is God awful. Um, But yeah, no, Luis did a good job against, uh, you know, a fairly decent, um, uh, fairly decent offense. I would describe the, the A's as in this series. And, um, than this game anyways. And he just really looked the part and he got his thousand K in this game. So really exciting to see him get that. And, uh, yeah, just hopefully many more day, many more good days in his many uniform. Yep. Yeah. It was cool seeing him get his thousand K. Um, he got a tops now card because of it. Um, uh, for the, those of you that don't know about tops now, uh, the tops baseball card company, they release cards every day, um, uh, about events that happened the night before. And, Luis Castillo, you know, getting a thousand K warranted a tops now card. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there's two stats that, that you, you brought up Oakland having a competent offense and, and there's one stat from one batter in particular that they mentioned on the broadcast that I found, found really wild. Um, it's a player by the name of Ryan, Ryan Noda. He's hitting second right now for Oakland. Um, he was a rule five draft pick from the Dodgers coming into Oakland and, and getting a fair shake. And um, he's not having too bad of a season, but he is like in, he's either first or second right now in walks, you know, um, or excuse me, walk percentage. You know, he doesn't have as many at bats as some of the guys that have a lot of walks, but when you're looking at walk percentage, he's like number one or two in the league right now, you know, uh, the other part of it that I find wild is he's also also top five in strikeout percentage. <laughs> so he's a two outcome player right now. He's either walking or striking out. <laughs> you know, he's hitting the ball a little bit, but I, I just found it wild. And then you brought up the pitching staff. And uh, the last time we saw Oakland, their starters have not did not have a win. Right. Yeah. Um, any of them, you know, and that was that was only a couple weeks ago and we were six weeks into the season at that point. Um, you know, 
Kyle Moeller got the mound today, or not today, on Monday, and he was the losing pitcher. He's one and four. So um, since we've seen him last, a couple of their starting pitchers have actually picked up wins, but um, I, <laughs> it's pretty few and far between because Kyle Moeller, you know, like I said, is one and four. Um, the guy that got the start on Wednesday, Ken Waldachuk, he's one for four. So <clears throat> I, uh, I very much agree with your assessment that, Oakland has a triple a pitching staff right now. Oakland just in general is just a, like their pitching drags them down so much that the baseball team in general is just a true quality of a triple a baseball team. Like that's just, that's just what it is right now. You could, you could go get the aviators from Las Vegas, right? Is that their name? I think that, I think that's their name. You could bring them over to Oakland mm-hmm. and they would probably perform the same that this team is. That's how bad this team is. It's, it's bad, bad team. Yeah. <clears throat> that. The last stat that I f- I remember seeing was Oakland has the highest ERA of all time at this point. They're combating or they're uh, they're battling with the eighteen ninety nine Cleveland Spiders right now. They have they're like a full almost one run over like the second place team. Their ERA right now is like six point nine one, so not great, not great. And the Mariners took advantage, you know offensively um, on in Monday's game, Ty France, two for three, two base on balls. Um, J-Rod, three for four, three runs, one RBI. Kalenic, three for four, two runs, three RBIs. Suarez, two for five, three RBIs. Cal Raleigh went one for five. Caballero went one for four. I mean, that was one of the best offensive games I think we've had all season. You know, I mean, 11 runs is good, but this is the first time we've ever seen Julio and Kelnick have three hits in a game together, you know? Yep. No, I mean, it's just, uh, it's good to see like all those guys have success like they did. And, um, yeah, the back to back, it's kind of what we always wanted to see with Julio and Kelnick, right? Like that's just, uh, I think the positive signs, especially from Julio, I think getting, I think two doubles in this game. They were both hitting the ball relatively hard, like, and they're doing it. The Mariners didn't make the Mariners offense. Didn't make anybody look good on this day. Right. Which is just uh, as a positive sign for the team overall. And, um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, I think Kelnick had a bomb close to where we're going to sit in the home run derby. So keep that in mind out there. So, Ooh. um, Hopefully he's in. The, well, I don't know if I want him in the home run derby. I'd love to see him in the home run derby. Uh, maybe I kind of don't want him in the well, home run yeah. derby. Well, I mean, I feel like the Mariners might have to have somebody, but we can talk about that later. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, Kelnick and Julio, and then um, I think you're probably going to mention him here pretty soon. But uh, Jose Caballero, three run bomb. Um, that guy is also clicking right now, and it's just back to back games for him, and he just. He looks like the starter right now, man. He just looks like the he just looks like the guy. I don't know what else to say about him. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny because I think when we were shooting the last episode, I had the game on, and we had started talking about Caballero at that point mm-hmm. in time during the podcast. And then I looked over and he hit he had hit a home <laughs> run, and like I couldn't show like being too excited. You know, I think I mentioned it at the end of the game, but. I was I was jacked to see him have a home run on Monday. Um, yeah, just a great, great balanced offense. You know, um, one, two, three, four. Four players had multi-hit games. 
all but two of the starters had uh had a hit. Five players had RBIs. Um, team went six for eleven with runners in scoring position. Uh, left on base was eight, and they only K'd eight times. So very. I mean, again, it's not a great Oakland team, but very, very good offensive attack. Um, you know, one thin or one thin one ten came in after Castillo um, did give up a couple runs. Um, you know, when Munoz comes back, I I feel like ten is gonna be the one getting sent down. But even if he gets sent down, I don't feel he's been bad with the major league ball club right now. You know, I think he's getting sent down because he's the odd man out. Um, you could kind of probably argue Sacedo, but Sacedo's still pitching a 0.00 ERA. You know, I think Sacedo might have a place in this bullpen right now. Sacedo and 10, I would probably I would probably argue I I would probably argue that I believe the odd man out should probably be Chris Flexen. Like we're just kind of holding on to Chris Flexen yeah. just because we need somebody to pitch garbage time and that's what Chris Flexen's role is now. But I don't know. I think there's some, he's there's something funky with Chris Flexen's contract where he, if he, I think, I think if he gets to June somewhere in there, like the Mariners can save a little bit of money. So like, that makes me wonder what they're, what they're doing with all that. But like, I would, I would think that Chris Flexen, unless they need a spot star upcoming that we're unaware of is probably an odd man out. But I think you're one ten where you're talking about in terms of like relievers, relievers, it is probably the next guy to go down. Um, and I think we're just kind of scratching our heads of what they're going to do with Chris Flexen. But I think you're, I think you're accurate there, but I, I've been, I've been encouraged by one ten thus far. Um, I think he could be a good middle reliever, right. For what we got. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see him back at some point, I think after, you know, whatever Nunez gets back, um, he'll he'll be back in the Mariners uniform at some point. Yep. You know, with with the Mariners using, um, you know, so much bullpen. I mean, not recently. You know, start of the season they used a lot of bullpen. I would certainly think Juan Tin could get a call up in September. You know, just so they can get an extra arm back. You know, in the bullpen for September. I mean, it certainly isn't out of the realm of the poss- of possibility. And you brought up Flex- Flexen. You know, at a time. His ERA was 7.71. After Monday's game, it's 6.44. It's going down. It's like almost a whole point, point and a half lower, you know? So, yeah, you're right with Flexen. I mean, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. He's been, he's been pitching good in garbage time. You know, obviously we don't want him in in key moments, but yes. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Chris Flexen is probably better suited for the A's pitching staff at this point, but that's just me. I'll just leave that there. Yeah, there you go. You know he'd go to the A's and be an I, I know. I, that's the, the frustrating thing. <laughs> that's just the way that works, but yep, you're right. So the Mariners blew out, and I am I can say they blew out Oakland and Monday. Tuesday was a little bit different story. Um, Luis Medina came in for Oakland and, and pitched a pretty – pretty solid ball game and, and kept them off the bases basically for four innings. Um, but we had kind of two heroes come in Tuesday's game and help lead us to a three, two victory. Um, it's, it's funny cause Marco gave up two runs and his ERA still up there a little ways, you know, North of five, but he picked up the win. 
He's four and one. It, <laughs> it just astounds me. It, it astounds me. He, he, he had a good ball game though. You know, he did give up two runs, only five hits though. Only one base on balls had four K's. He kept us in the ball game. That's what we needed. You know, we, that gave first off JP Crawford a chance to come up and hit a game tying two run home run. And then right the next batter, Ty France, knocking out the lights on the scoreboard, taking the lead. So, um, I don't know. I kind of had more fun watching this game than I did Monday just because it was a pitching duel. And God, I got excited when JP hit that home run. I got, yeah, no, very excited. Especially because I think we've all just been very happy with what JP's given us this year. And it's just awesome to keep him, keep him going. Right. So absolutely love that. Um, But yeah, no, I thought uh, from a standpoint of like Medina, looked like a relatively competent pitcher for a little while. And um, <clears throat> probably some of the aides are going to trade at the deadline um, just get, to get more garbage. But uh, no, I, I'm sorry. I should quit trashing the A's. But um, <clears throat> no, Medina looked pretty, relatively competent for the most part. Marco gave us a chance to win. Um, so there was a couple odd moments in this game. Like there was the funky fan interference play that Julio got called out on. Oh, and then. God. Yeah. Um, Ty France did get hit in the hand in this game. So this was kind of a, this was a, so there's some, some of the things that were a little odd in this game, but for the most part, I thought this was still a very good game overall, you know, capped with Paul Seawall continuing to, uh, continuing to shove and, you know, good showing by the bullpen in this game. I, I really think that fan that interfered was wearing a Julio jersey too. I thought, I know it was a yeah, City Connect jersey. I didn't, I think it was a Julio I couldn't tell, jersey. but I don't know. I, I, that was it was very odd. Very odd that they was called out it, for that. But they, he was called out, and then when they reviewed it and the play stood, he was like yelling at Loriano. Right. It was it was kind of disgusting. I I didn't like yeah. it. You could tell the guy sitting next to him. I'm sure was with him. Was like, please stop <laughs> doing this. Please stop doing yeah. this. So, um. And then, yeah, Ty France, like I said, Ty France got, or you said, like he got hit in the hand and it's not broken or anything. X-rays came back negative, but that's something I don't like to see, especially after last season. Ty France tore it up in the first half, made the all-star team. And then after the all-star game, he kind of got injured and wasn't the same the rest of the season. And so I, I really... Don't like to see him get hit and hurt, especially he seems like a magnet when it comes to to hit by pitches. He seems like a magnet, just the ball coming at him. So um, I would I would like not to see that because it, it scares me when he gets hurt. Yeah, I feel like he wants to play through it, but he just can't. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it's uh, it's the reason we ended up having to go out and get Carlos Santana last year. Right. Was a little bit mm-hmm. of his proneness to getting hurt there it seems like so and right now like who would you describe i mean is dylan moore the the back i mean sam Haggerty filled in for ty france you know on the whatever the wednesday game there but do you think is, is dylan Moore the backup at this point at first base like if yeah oh yeah oh, yeah. yeah absolutely i think so they asked i guess angie minting asked uh scott about putting suarez at first because suarez played some first in the world baseball classic 
And Scott's reply was, why would I do that? You know, Suarez is actually leading the league in like defensive runs saved at third. So I, I, I certainly think Suarez is not the backup first base. I think it'd be Dylan Moore, you know, in a situation. Yeah, agreed. No, I, uh, and with, I mean, with, if Jose Caballero continues to really excel at second base, I'm, you know, more than happy with Dylan Moore at, at first base. If, um, <clears throat> something comes on to Ty France, but I would note is that we're recording this on Thursday and it does look like Ty France is back in the lineup tonight. So, um, hopefully mm-hmm. it wasn't as, uh, he did say it hit like the, <clears throat> the fattier part of his hand. So hopefully it's, uh, hopefully he's just fine and you know, nothing extra comes out of this. Yep. He also said after that, I thought my hand exploded. <laughs> he goes, it hit the fatty part of my hand, but it felt like my hand exploded. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't like it if I got hit by a 90 mile an hour pitch, 90 plus. <laughs> so, yeah, JP, you know, going back to the game stats, JP and France were basically the offense. Um, Julio and Kelnick each had a hit, and Tom Murphy ended up having a hit. He was on base when Crawford hit the two-run home run. Um, Mariners went one for four with runners in scoring position, uh, left six on base, only K'd four times, which I think is the new season low. Good to see. And we didn't mention anything about grounding into double plays last game. They didn't ground into one this game, two games in a (laughs) row, baby with no ground into double play. So yeah. Um, heading back to the bullpen real quick. You said they had a great game. They did. Trevor got came in, gave us an inning, two K's. Topa came in, gave us an inning 1K. Seawald came in, gave us an inning 2Ks. What more can you ask for out of the bullpen? That's perfect. They didn't give up any hits. Nine up, nine down, game over. 3-2 Mariners. So that was game two. Put us up 2-0 in the series. And then we went into Wednesday's game. And uh, I, I don't know, probably the best game of the series so far. Even better so than the 11-2 because... God dang, Bryce Miller, man. Some of the stuff he's doing is just is magical. <clears throat> it's magical. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm tempted to not say stuff. It's like his fastball, like his fastball is magical. Like that's 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 what it is. Like that's like I mean, he has some he has some other decent kind of second offerings. But I mean, his fastball is just is purely that it's magical. There's an article on Baseball Savant today talking about, <clears throat> hey, He's throwing it like I think his quote is like prove that they can hit it. And right right now, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody can do anything against it. Like they know it's coming. They know that it's like they, he threw it 81 percent of the time in this game. <clears throat> they know it's coming, but like nobody can do anything with it. Right. Like I feel like I've been on the train that like, oh, he's eventually going to he's eventually going to get hit or like somebody's going to like figure this out. But nobody has. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It it's funny because his season low was like 40% fastball usage against Detroit. Mm. And his next start after that was in Atlanta and you, and Atlanta is one of the best fastball hitting teams in the league. What do you expect him to do? Oh, we're going to throw some more off speed stuff, some, some breaking stuff. Oh, heck no. We're throwing 80% fastballs against Atlanta and he does well. You know, you, you just mentioned he pitched 81% fastballs against Oakland. They couldn't hit it. Six innings pitched, only had two hits given up. Only put one person on base. That's three runners the whole six innings that he pitched. That's what we need. He's got to be the front runner right now with 
for rookie of the year, right? Like he came up in May, but he's already probably better than most of the rookie of the year candidates. Maybe Yoshida is getting some praise, but he's got to be the front runner, right? Yoshida's right there. Yoshida's probably, I don't know if I would put him. I, I, I don't know exactly where I know it. I mean, I would put, um, yeah, Sturry Ruiz is having a relatively okay season. I, I was thinking of this own this own Oakland game, but um, honestly, like probably, yeah, I would probably put him as the maybe the runner, the front runner. I would, I, I'll, I'll do it. I'll put him as the front runner for right now. How does that sound? You got to You got to take those chances, Bo. I said Kirby was going to get some Cy Young votes. I said Kel- Kelnick was going to get an MVP vote. Just take that dip and say Bryce Miller is going to win Rookie of the Year. Bryce Miller will win Rookie of the Year. How does that sound? You know what? That not only put, gives him accolades, that gives the Mariners another first-round draft pick next Ooh, season. Ooh, I like the way you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. I Exactly. We've already got three this season. You know, we got a competitive balance pick. Uh, we got our regular pick. And then we got one because Julio won Rookie of the Year last year. So Bryce Miller gets one. And who knows? We could get another competitive balance pick next year, too. That's six first round picks in the next two draft. Like that's that's awesome, you know. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, uh, um, I'm trying to think about the competition, and um, I don't think I don't think anybody's quite mentioned him yet there. But uh, Jose Caballero, in terms of plate appearances <laughs> and the the war that he's generated based upon plate appearances, is pretty impressive. So, not saying he's. Yeah you know, closing the gap between him and anybody else in the race, but also somebody else that could be making his way up that list. So, there you go. I, I love that the young guys, Hey, can we also put who, uh, Jared back in for rookie of the year? Hmm. You know, could, could that, could that be possible too? I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's the way it works. Sorry. 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 What, what was that NBA player? That was, there was one NBA player that kept getting hurt in his rookie season. And like finally his third season, he came out and did really well. And they're like, "Man, he should be up for Rookie of the Year." We we need to do that oh, with Kelly. Okay. Well, we'll we'll pull some strings and see if we can get that done. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm sure we have Let's the power do to do that. So, anyways, Bryce Miller, phenomenal game. Um, Matt Brash came in. He did give up three hits, gave up a run and an earned run. Did give up or did have a K though. Um, looking a little. Little wild, but um, that was the only run uh, given up by the Mariners against Oakland in the game. And then Gabe Spire came in, pitched an inning, had a had a K, and Sacedo kind of you could call it garbage time. They were up by five runs, um, pitched an inning, gave up two hits, and K'd one, and closed out the game. Um, you know, so pitching, I I don't think we could ask for more, honestly, like. We say that a lot. Yeah, pitching. I don't think we could ask for more. And I, despite the one run by, by by Brash in this game, I honestly thought that he looked better. Like I honestly thought that he looked a little bit. I thought that he looked a little bit more in control of his pitches. He had a couple that went in a couple different places, but it, it, I thought he overall just looked a little bit better from from my perspective, from what I kind of saw. So hopefully that means there's some better, you know. I think outings coming from him, right? So, um, despite the one run, right? Um, like I said, like we've mentioned this before, right? When Matt Brash gives up hits, they're not getting hit pretty hard, right? So, like, 
if he can continue to pound the zone with his stuff, I mean, he's just going to be, he's just going to be another lockdown reliever that the Mariners need. So um hope that'll continue for him. Yep. His fastball. Again, they were talking about it last night on the broadcast. Um, this is where I find Angie very insightful because she brings stuff up mm-hmm. like this. Um, against Brash's fastball, hitters are hitting like 523. You know, they're not really hitting much off the slider. And when they are, it's kind of fluky. But um, yeah, that fastball's that's like 100 points higher than the second worst person, you know. So, um, you know, if he can get some swing and misses on that fastball further down the road, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to be that high leverage situation guy, you know, and it's, it's still may he's got a chance to really, really turn it around, you know, um, with that fastball. So, um, offensively, um, (laughs) we, we, we need to clap for Sam Haggerty. He went up to the plate twice with the bases loaded. The first time, he did not do anything. But the second time, he got a double. It was his first two RBIs of the season, his second double of the season. Congratulations, Sam Haggerty. You're still probably going to get sit down, but you were a big part in generating some offense in this game. I was very confused because I, I – so, like, Sam Haggerty popped out, and then with the first time with the bases loaded – and then um, I think JP came up right after that. And I think he, I think he either struck out or got out. I can't remember entirely. It was a strikeout. Yeah. And then I had to go, I had to go take my kid and put him down. And it took me a little while. And I came back to the game and the exact same situation was up, right? With Sam Hager with the bases loaded. And I was like, okay, if Hagerty pops up, like some, there's something wrong with my Fubo TV, right? It's like, this is very weird. And then this. <laughs> So anyways, no, it was good to see he got a double out of that. My Fubo was uh, caught up to live time. So <clears throat> yeah, awesome to see. Yeah. Ken Waldachuk took the loss for Oakland and he did give up some runs, but he didn't look bad. Um, Mariners had 13 K's and he's a big reason that Mariners K'd 13 times. Um, his, if he was to get his, other stuff working besides his uh, sweeper. Like, he could be a deadly pitcher. That sweeper was nasty last night. Like, it got Crawford a couple times. Um, it got Julio a couple times. It got Gino a couple times. You know, like, it was it was a scary pitch, you know. But when he'd throw something like the fastball, he couldn't control it. You know, after five or six strikeouts, he'd throw that sweeper and people just weren't swinging out there like, I'm going to make you throw something in the zone. And he wasn't, he got a little wild, especially towards the end there. Yep. And, uh, I think he walked, I think he walked a run into at one point and, um, yep. He, uh, yeah, I don't know. The A's, they kind of have some pieces here and there, like some guys, they might be able to put some things together, but overall just pitching still rough. And, um, you know, I think we saw that in this game and the other games previous, but no, Waldachuk was a good little piece that they got previous. So I think that he might still have somewhat of a brighter future ahead of him, but um, no, I totally agree on the pitching side of things of, you know, that pitching pitch was working for him that night anyways. Yeah. Going into Thursday's game um, again, um, by the time this comes out, Thursday's game's already going to happen. Gilbert's on the mound against JP Sears. Um, we can only hope for, a sweep. 
Um, since we don't have that other game to talk about, um, I, I wanted to ask, I don't know, get your opinion a little bit on something. Um, because <laughs> the baseball team that Oakland is fielding is not the only, I don't know, we can call it a controversy that's happening right now. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Bo, but uh, last time that Oakland was in Kansas City, uh, their announcers, their broadcasters went to the uh, um, Negro League Hall of Fame. And uh, very invo- very important thing, there's a lot of teams that go there um, when they're in Kansas City just because it's such a such a powerful thing. It's, I, I heard it's a great museum. I've never been there before. Um, but when they came back and they were talking about it on the broadcast – Glenn, I think his name's Glenn Kuyper, who is one of the, he's been with Oakland for many, many years, uh, was talking about it and he let the N-word slip, <laughs> um, which uh, it was, it was kind of tough. And I've, I've watched the scene back a couple times, how it set it up and they ended up firing him the other day. And I just, I, I don't know if I agree with it, not because he said the N-word and that's completely something that you know, we shouldn't be saying or whatnot, but it's almost like he didn't mean to say it. He was getting very excited about going to that museum and he let the N word slip. Um, I don't know. I guess my, my question to you is the, do you think it's warranted him getting fired? I mean, it's, it, it's certainly, I would say just as bad as, uh, (laughs) what's his name from, uh, actually I think it happened in Kansas, Kansas city. Um, well, no, Tom Brenneman's, uh, Tom Brenneman's was, Tom, Tom Brenneman's was much yes. worse. And, um, yes, uh, not to toot my own, our own horn, but someone that's met Tom Brenneman in real life, Tom Brenneman's kind of a, I don't, I don't, this is a PG podcast. So I'll, I'll just say Tom Brenneman's not the nicest guy. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, I think your question, um, how can I, how can I put this? Like, <clears throat> It's very easy not to say the N-word. So exactly. yes. I guess like um like I like I I guess when I think of the Negro League Museum, right? I don't think of mm-hmm. I don't think of myself ever saying that word when I sit, think of that, right? So like I guess that's where I'm kind of struggling with it. Is like I get it was a I guess it was he I have, I don't think he really slurred his words. I think that is the actual word that came out of his mouth. And I don't think he meant it, you know, the way that he meant, he said it right. I think it was just kind of came out that way because I don't know, but I think you, you probably have questions about what was in his mind at the time. Right. And like, maybe there should have been another suspension of some sort, but I, I guess I understand why it happened because it's very easy not to say that word. Right. Like that's what I go back to. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. And, and they did do a full investigation. This is what got me is they did a full investigation and, and they found, I don't know if they found something, but their justification was, well, this is going to lead to a firing. So maybe they found something later on or, or earlier in his career that they kind of keyed on like that might might not be the first time, you know, again, we don't know this guy personally, you know, we're only seeing what we see on the media, but I just, it's kind of a rough situation because Oakland has had so many controversies just this season. You know, they have had the um, the bad baseball team. They've had the the move to Las Vegas saga. 
you know, and kind of in between all that, they had the announcer saga. So I don't know. It's just, it's going bad to worse. And I guess I shouldn't say, you know, how, how much worse can it get? Cause you know, they're certainly, we got months and months of baseball left. There certainly could be things that go worse for that baseball team. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a whole thing where they've tentatively reached an agreement with Nevada to like, I guess, get the ballpark, but that's a whole mm-hmm. fuzzy thing that still seems like it may not go through. I don't, I don't know. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it could get worse for this baseball team right now, right? We're, we're, we're a quarter of the way through the season and they've won 10 games. It got, is, that, is it 10 games still, right? Yep. 10 games. They're <clears throat> so I mean, we're talking about a team that's maybe going to win 40 games, right? Maybe going to win 40 games. Yeah. Like I, maybe I, maybe the tigers, I'm trying to think of another team from our era of like, that was this bad. And maybe there are a couple I'm not thinking of, yeah. but like, um, this is bad. This is really, really bad. And like, not probably what Billy Bean anticipated. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, it's, no. uh, but I, I don't know. I would also say that the A's, you know, they had, they A's had some pretty good days in there. Right. Like, so, Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like it's all, <clears throat> I guess it's bad news for A's fans and people that are in Oakland and I get that, but you know, the A's have some pretty nice memories over the last couple of decades to, to hold them up. So there you go. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You brought up the, the ballpark situation. I think they got it figured out. It's going to sit where the Tropicana casino is, but the dimensions that they're talking about is going to be like almost smaller than any other ballpark in the league, you know, which is which is kind of wild to me. You know, you're going to be in Oakland and you're not only going to have season ticket or excuse me, you're going to be in Las Vegas. You're not only going to have season ticket holders, but you're going to have a lot of people coming in just to watch games. I mean, look at, look at Raiders games, look at golden Knights games. Like, yes, they have their season ticket holders, but a large percentage of people go to those events because they're in Las Vegas. You know, they can, score that in a hotel room for you know pennies on the dollar because casino's gonna you know want them to come in and gamble and drink and stuff like that so yeah it's really weird that their stadium's gonna be one of the smaller ones in baseball but i don't like i said i don't want to say how much worse can it get for oakland because it certainly could get worse by the end of the season so yeah anyways uh moving on um we're going to do a quick Pirates preview, although the series against Oakland hasn't ended. Um, certainly is another series. The Pirates are playing well, but it's certainly a series that should be winnable, and the Mariners could go into facing the New York Yankees on a seven-game um, run, you know, winning streak. Um, and and two of the three games, Mariners got their best pitchers on the mound against the Pirates. Um <laughs> the Pirates are also going to have their best pitchers on the mound. And uh, that Friday game, I think, is going to be the best game to watch. George Kirby versus Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller is getting um, Cy Young consideration at this point, you know. So um, certainly going to be a game to watch on Friday. Saturday, uh, Luis Castillo, La Pedra takes the mound against Ronzi Contreras. Um, I, I like Ronzi. I want him to bounce back a little bit because he hasn't been having a great start to the season. Um, and then Sunday's game is Marco versus Vince Velasquez. Um, again, very, 
very good game um to watch gonna gonna be fun to see if the uh the mariners can uh come out of this series with like a seven game win streak they would certainly certainly benefit going into the yankee series with a seven game win streak <clears throat> certainly benefit from that it's gonna be a tough one to do it with the pirates look a little resurgent so um <clears throat> we'll see it's a fun pirates team though i thought that before the season uh, this looked like a decent series to catch because uh, the Pirates are a relatively fun team. Um, Mitch Keller looks all but the Cy Young contender that I think the Pirates anticipated him to be someday, right? So um, going to be a fun series, especially that Friday game, like you noted. Yep. 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 Um, you know, fun series. I know you had talked about uh, going to it, but I know you're going out of town starting this week. So, you're not you're not gonna try to go to like the Friday uh Pirates game? Um, don't think I'm gonna make this one. No. I think it's uh I, I think it. the I think this week did they start it did they start these games at seven ten this week? The seven ten this weekend? I can't remember, but um I I think so. Yeah, that thirty minutes is uh I don't know. It's it's a little rough sometimes, so probably not gonna make it this time around, but that's okay. Yep. Darn, darn. Anyways, that's kind of uh kind of our show for the day. Um but we've got probably my favorite part of the podcast left. Mariners prospects. Bo, hit us with your prospect of the of the day. Sure thing. Yep. So I've got uh on the docket today I've got Zach Deloach. And um I think we've mentioned Zach Deloach in um, a couple other prospect episodes in the past. Um, it was a second round pick in the COVID shortened season of 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. and he's kind of just making his way through the Mariner system. He started in high a in 2021. Um, and then I think moved up to Arkansas in the middle of that year at some point, um, then played all of 2022 in Arkansas. And it's just been kind of, uh, I would say he, he struggled a little bit when he went to Arkansas. Um, but you know, the next time around he kind of improved and as such, he is now in Tacoma this time, um, mm-hmm. Tacoma right now he's hitting three Oh two, um, with a four Oh four on base four fifty one slug. Um, good for a one twelve weighted runs created. Um, I think important to note is just like, he just continues to climb up the ranks. Um, he most recently had mm-hmm. a, uh, five for five game in Tacoma that included a home run back on May 21st. Um, and I think the, I think the good thing about him is just, he was kind of looked at as a guy that was kind of a quad a, um, player, right? So maybe not, you're not going to hear, you're not going to see him at the top of the Mariners list, right? You're going to see him probably in the twenties, low thirties, somewhere in there. But, um, I think it's just wanted to highlight him in terms of just, he's having a good season at Tacoma, maybe a little bit too much strikeout that maybe he can cut back on. And, uh, yeah, I think you might, there's an outside chance you might see him at some point, um, this year. Um, if there's an injury somewhere or they need a fill in, a fill in for a guy, there's a couple other people in Tacoma that maybe we'll highlight that are also going to get a shot, but, um, yep. Zach Deloach, um, making his way through the, through the Mariner system there. Yep. I, I guess I should ask this question cause you, we're, we're doing these prospect, um, picks at the end of the episode every time, um, could who who do you think the September call up is? Could Zach Deloche be one that could get a September call up? You know, we talked about Juan Ten potentially getting them getting it, especially if we need another arm in the pen. But um, 
does he have an outside shot at making the September call-up list? Um, I would say an outside shot. Um, I would say there's a, if he continues to kind of do what he has, right. Um, I would still probably put, uh, he's not hitting probably as well in Tacoma right now, but Cade Marlowe is still a name that is, is out there that I would still, uh, say that definitely has a shot of seeing him at some point. Um, so I think those two guys in particular, um, I don't quite know. I'm trying to think maybe like Mike Ford, but Mike Ford, you'll see Mike Ford and maybe once or twice here and there before then. Um, but I would keep those two guys. I would say definitely in AAA right now, you know, Zach Deloach, Cade Marlowe, some guys are probably going to get a chance coupled with maybe a Mason McCoy or somewhere in there. So um, other than that, I can't really think of any other ones off the top of my head, but um, there might be one or two, but uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on <clears throat> Deloach and Marlowe. Good deal. Good deal. Anyways, that's our show for the day. Bo, we're getting out of here. You got anything else you want to add before we get out of here? for me. Go Mariners. Forks down. Forks down, baby. Forks down. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and I will see you on Monday. So we'll both. I'm just kidding. On the Forks Down Podcast.